Welcome to Staffing Stories, hosted by Andy Moss. Andy has been in the staffing industry for over 25 years, first as a recruiter, then eventually an account manager and business owner. This is the podcast where we sit down with fellow staffing owners to get the real stories of the successes, the failures, and the lessons learned along the way. And we're back with Staffing Stories. I'm your host, Andy Moss, and we are on episode 36. And it is amazing that I I was just talking to our guest about, man, 36, that's a lot. So we're happy. So we will not keep you from our guests. And this is a good friend of mine and neighbor, because he's here in Knoxville, Jason Leverant from the COO and president of At Work. And, and I know most of you recognize him because he's all over the ASA and conferences. So uh, welcome to the show. And I'm I'm super pumped to have you on. Man, likewise, likewise. It's awesome. And so glad to uh, support a fellow uh, uh, Knoxvillian, right? Uh, East Tennessee and, and go balls. I have to go balls. That's yeah. right. We won't play Rocky Top for everybody. We'll save everybody, you know, turning down their volume. But, you know, maybe one day we'll play it at the end. <laughs> So Jason, introduce yourself to those that are out there that may not know who you are. Yeah, man. So, so uh, thanks again, Andy. Uh, again, you just heard President and Chief Operating Officer of the At Work Group. And uh, At Work, it's funny because when, when I look in the mirror, I, I'm a staffing guy, right? So, so At Work is a is a national staffing company. We've got offices in 29 states. We've got 100 plus locations. But the reality is, we're actually a franchisor. So we help people come into the staffing industry. We, you know, we, we give them the training, we give them all the resources. So most of our offices, I'd say 90% of our locations are franchise owned. We have our own company owned stores and, and uh, actually kind of breaking news. I'm opening my, my own first franchise. Uh, my, wife is, my wife would kill me if I didn't give her the uh, credit. That's her franchise in, in Maryville, actually. So right down the road from us. So. Well, nice job. I would say you're going to lose your hair, but that's already started. Too late, so. man. Too late. <laughs> it's a, uh... You know, that is great. And, you know, we've talked to large companies. We've talked to small companies. I've talked to, you know, individuals that do their own retained search. And to now we've not talked to this franchisier model. And it's a it's very interesting. And I uh, I want to expand on that because there's a lot of people out there that is like, how does that work? And, you know, Well, it's crazy because I look at, you know, we look, we, our footprint's pretty big, right? Our revenue, total combined revenue is pretty big. But at the end of the day, we're, I feel like we're a, a group of small staffing firms waving the same banner. I mean, because each of our locations is independently owned. So I've just got this group of owners. And uh, while everybody kind of follows similar process, uses a lot of the same tools and resources, uh, at the end of the day, that's what really makes it special is because we can help people you know, who want to get into the industry, who want to, you know, who see, man, that's a great opportunity. Uh, we give them all the tools and resources so they don't have to worry. Like the starting a business aspect is yeah. kind of the hard part. And we help a lot. All, all, so many uh, of those pieces we take off the table and they don't have to worry about the payroll process, all yeah. insurance risk, all that, the hard stuff. And we leave the fun stuff, you know, recruiting and sales. So, Well, I don't know if that's fun, but, you know. I, I know, right? <laughs> it's fun if you're crazy. But if you say it's fun, it's yeah, fun. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know that you know running a business and operating a business is extremely hard and scaling a business is even harder and i know some of your franchise owners own several different at works and different markets and stuff i mean different divisions yeah scaling is crazy because you you can do it i mean quite literally somebody could get into the industry with a, a relationship with one company hey my you know my buddy runs the hiring for this factory over here. Yeah, yeah. Give me some people. Okay. I'm in the staffing business, right? I went, found some people. I set up a bill rate, but then you start thinking, oh man, like funding, payroll funding. If you don't have the cash and liquidity, cause you know, most, this is like the, like for some people who look at our industry, they don't realize, oh my gosh, there's like payroll. People want to be paid on Friday, yeah. right? But our clients don't necessarily want to pay us every Friday. I mean, I wish we got weekly pay like that, but you know. I tell people we're the bank. Yeah. I, well, literally <laughs> we're, we're like, we don't want to be the bank. We don't want to be your insurance company. We want, you know, but that's the reality, right? The so, reality of it. We're issuing credit for four to six, not 12 yeah. weeks. And that's, so then you uh, say, Hey, give me a hundred people. And I'm like, that's a hundred people worth of payroll for six weeks, for nine weeks. Oh my yeah. gosh, this is crazy. So yeah, you'll outrun your cash really quick. That that does sound crazy, man. What are we doing? This is wild, man. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, it, it is interesting. We do little, for as much money as a staffing company recruiting agency put out, especially light industrial to oh, an yeah. organization and, and not do the credit checks and stuff like that. You'll be amazed how many companies probably do that. Oh, I'll issue. Very, yeah. That's what, yeah, and that's and, what, what we do. We have a whole credit department yeah. because that's a, such a big risk, you know, the risk management side of it. So yeah, but it, it's a, uh, it, it's interesting because we take a lot of that lifted off of our owners and we give them this, this opportunity to basically, Again, focus on selling, bring them to the table. We help them through all the experience and stuff. So, yeah, it's cool. So, how, so did you, yeah. how did you get into this, Jason? I mean, I mean, for those of us, I mean, they may know at work, but, you know, they don't know you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let, I'll walk back to uh, when I was a young boy. I, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, wasn't, I wasn't that young. But uh, it's funny because I fell into the industry. My, I actually came from the golf industry, which uh, is people are like, wow, why would you leave the golf industry? That's really pretty fun industry. And I, and I will agree, it is a really fun industry when you work in it. My dad had run golf courses my entire life growing up. And uh, we ended up, uh, he ended up running a very large manufacturing company, Dunlop Golf. I don't know if you're familiar with Dunlop, the brand. They, used, they sold a lot in Walmart and things like that, more of the, more of the, the kind of entry point for golf. I joined, kind of interned in customer service, then went into marketing, got a little taste of this kind of national scope of, of bringing a product to market, which was awesome. I mean, the guy I work for is now the uh, CEO of Bridgestone, Srixon Golf. He's the guy who came up with the name, the Noodle, Max Fly Noodle, if you guys know yeah. the Noodle Ball back in the day. But uh, so a lot of great exposure. But, uh, you know, that was a licensee. So maybe my first taste into the whole franchise license world, that was a licensee where that license uh, basically was up. It was a 25-year license. There was some transition happening. So the UK company effectively took the took the brand back over. So I was in a position, okay, I'm, I'm not moving to the UK and that wasn't really an opportunity for me. So I got to do something. And I started knocking on doors, trying to find a job. This wasn't uh, the, our economy today where there's people, you know, there's jobs yeah. coming out of our ears. So I was looking for work and I thought, man, I'm going to be, you know, like my dad, he used a headhunter, he used to get these things in the mail, like these uh, literally like mailers that would have all these great jobs and you know, hey, look at this opportunity, look at this yeah. opportunity. So I'm gonna go find that. And started knocking on doors of temp agencies and I had no idea what I was doing. So, you know, they're looking at me saying, yeah, we don't have a, you know, like VPs of marketing, marketing manager, marketing director, we don't have those roles. But at Ronstad and at uh, Apple One of all places, they both were like, hey, uh, your, your experience would kind of align. Have you ever thought about working in one of our offices? 
And so I went through the hiring process and it's like the stars aligned because I was looking for work for like months and got an offer by both Ronstadt and Apple One on the exact same day. So it's like, I was telling my wife, I'm like, wow, this is like meant to be, right? I'm, I'm supposed yeah. to be in the staffing industry. So ultimately I, I accepted the offer with Ronstadt. Um, it just worked better for my family and kind of the rest is history. I started there in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. So, you know, very quickly realized that uh, sales was my strong suit and they had me moving to different markets, trying to open up, uh, the, spinning up new branches. And so- yeah. My wife, her family was here in Knoxville, uh, you know, so she was uh, very, uh, you know, interested in getting back to Knoxville. Ronstadt, you know, allowed me an opportunity to transfer. Uh, but I, you know, I had this taste, man. I had this like desire being with the golf company, doing stuff like national trade shows, big scope, get, being hemmed into a tiny market was a little, uh, a little hard for me. I felt like I had more to give. Yeah. And so uh, an opportunity with that work came up to be uh, VP of sales. And so I, I distinctly remember going on, it was on Hot Jobs. Uh, it doesn't exist hot anymore. Job, yeah. yeah, I know, Hot Jobs. Yes. You're the biggest customer back in the day of Hot Jobs, right? I know I was. Oh well, I'm, I'm a big component now, man. But uh, anyways, Hot Jobs, I applied to this this opportunity. I told my wife, like, yeah, I applied to this job. There's no way. I'm, I don't know how I'm going to get this job. And that night at like 10 o'clock, I get an email from the CEO of the company, the founder, the guy who I run the organization for today, saying, hey, saw your resume. Our guys will call you tomorrow. And uh, after like a four month interview process, I finally landed the gig and kind of the rest that there the really the rest is history for me. So in 07, I joined at work and have been here ever since and done a whole lot, pre pretty much served in every role from, you know, cleaning the bathrooms to selling franchises to training them, did a little bit of everything, man. So, well, you know, it's amazing. I mean, I've talked to so many owners and, you know, either they're athletes or they were hired through an agency and have worked their way up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they literally walked in the door like a customer and got into it. So yeah. that's, it's, it's funny to hear that from you as well as like, Hey, I was, you know, I got my job through an agency or a board or something like that, but that's, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah it wasn't intentional. I had no idea what I was looking for. And I, you know, just to stay in golf, you got to go to Southern California or Boston or whatever. And I, you know, again, had to be in Knoxville. So so family's really important to you, what I know of you, oh, and yeah. that is something you've never put on a shelf. You said, like, family's first. Is that, I mean, explain oh, yeah, to man, other that's... owners, like, how you balance that, because um, that's what I respect in you so much is, you, you know, you don't sacrifice the home life for the work life. Yeah, that's that is something that for, from the beginning of my career, like I set the tone with with my employer, whoever I'm working with, like that's priority for me. And I don't let things get in the way of that priority. Obviously, I, I, I did a podcast once, uh, you know, and I think they titled it like home for dinner every night or something like that. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea for me and growing you know, honestly, growing up, I didn't have that as much because the focus in a, in a hospitality industry, when you're you know, my dad running a hotel or running a golf courses, you're there all the time. Yep. I didn't want that. I wanted to be present. And so I made it a point that, you know, I focus my day very, very uh, heavily. I, I schedule myself very, very heavily. I adhere to tightly to a schedule. So I'm not, when I'm at work, I am in the zone working. And when I'm home, I'm able to, you know, decouple, focus. Uh, and then, you know, I put the kids to bed. I do what I need to do later on in the evenings. But I mean, at the end of the day, I put the focus what's in my mind, what's most important. I think it's the same to you, man. I see the pictures of the uh, kids uh, right there on your oh, yeah. right over here off camera, but uh, I feel you. And, and that's, uh, we are very 
aligned on that front, man. You got to be present and, and there for them because those are the memories that you're going to think about. Oh yeah, you don't get them back. Yeah, when you're 60 yeah. or 70, not man, that meeting that I had back in uh, 2023, it was awesome. No, it's the times you have with your family. That's what's so yeah. important. So well, I've got twins getting ready to start college. One at Ole Miss, one at Tennessee. And I, I mean, it just, when people say it flies by, oh, man. it certainly does. But, you know, one of the things that I did with my wife earlier was I gave her access to my calendar and she didn't realize, oh, you can share these things. It's like, oh yeah, you can put things on it. Oh, that just opened it up to, I look at my calendar and it's like, there's something on it. <laughs> it's like a, Ella has a dance thing, you know, but you, if you don't put it like that, it's it, it, do it. You're going to miss it. Yeah, you got to act and, and and you put it in place. And guess what? For me, and I, t I tell people this, listen, I, it's not held me back from achieving my personal and professional goals at yeah. work. You know, if you put it in priority and you focus and you work hard, uh, you do what you need to do and do it the best of your ability. It's not going to hold you back. And, and then you get people like you saying, man, look, at you're, you're focusing on your family. Now it becomes a positive. And it's not like, oh, man, he's not he's not uh, focused on his job. I, I absolutely am. But I also have focus on my family, too. Yeah, so it, 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 it keeps you grounded. So yep. kudos to you on that. All, All right. right. So yeah. you are a board member to the ASA. I don't know why they signed you up for that. But, you know, <laughs> that's their you know, you that they got a great guy in, in you. But walk me through your relationship with the ASA. And um, you've been heavily involved with the Tennessee uh, chapter of the ASA, um, you know, nationally. But. Yeah, it's been a it's been a wild ride, man. You know, I back in the day, you know, so when I look at again being that franchisor, I need to you know make sure that I'm staying ahead of the industry for our franchisees. That's where I kind of started. I was like, all right, I need to put myself out there to know what's going on and also what's coming down the pipeline. So for the last like man since since I started with that work, I really got heavily involved with ASA. Um, uh, I'd say the tipping point where I really amped up was around the Affordable Care Act. And, you know, the industry was kind of in a panic, like, oh, my gosh, what are we, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to comply with this? So I was like, all right, I'm going to the source, lobbying legislative, what's going on? So I started embedding myself pretty closely with ASA at that point. So we're talking like 2010, 2011, before it actually hit the, you know, hit the airwaves. Um, but uh, then, then that bug got in me from a networking perspective. I made a, ro a lot of tremendous connections in the industry. And those connections I still maintain today. I mean, they've served in such a positive way. And I feel like I've been able to give back in a positive way. But at the end of the day, it's, the, it's those relationships that, that I've developed through my engagement on the association side that have lent, I, I think, so much to my success in the industry. Uh, because, you know, when, when something goes down or you need assistance or you need help, I have someone who's got experience, who's been through it before uh, to reach out to and, and get that feedback from man, and get that advice. You know, there's not many places that have a centralized repository of information and data and contacts in our. Yeah. Oh, it's and, huge. It's, it's kind of the best of all worlds there. You know? If you are a small business owner, a small staffing, medium size, even large, even huge. I would encourage you to not push that off. I've done that in the past. Oh, I'll, you know, I'm not going to the conference this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, you will get in a situation legally or something that you're going to need information. And that membership has been invaluable. So I, um, when you look at that organization as a board member, what, what are things you looking out in the future that you're seeing, you're talking about that we as you know, owners, operators need to be aware of. 
I, I think in my mind, one of the most important aspects, and, and this is something that I've teed up in, in, in conversations and I'm one, I'm the newest board member. So I'm like the rookie going in like bright eyed, bushy tailed. I'm so green. And they're probably like, Oh, you'll learn, but I'm bringing all this stuff to the yeah. table, man. And I'm, but I'll tell you, you know, for me, it's the perception of the industry. And, and for, I, I step back, you know, in Tennessee, we're a little bit sheltered. we got a great state to do business in. It's, it's mm-hmm. relatively easy to do business in our state versus the rest of the country. But like, yeah. think about New York, New Jersey, California, Massachusetts, these are states that are more challenging to do business in. So in looking at that, I, I see this issue from a legal and legislative perspective that the perception of the industry is not as positive as what it needs to be. There's a lot of misconceptions and we're seeing legislation coming down and getting signed into law. And I'm primarily thinking about the New Jersey law that's recently come into play. Yep. That shows me that we got a, we got a perception issue. We got a marketing issue and as an industry. And for me, I'm like, you know, again, going back to kind of my philosophy towards work, if I'm going to be in a space, I'm going in like all the way. I'm throwing myself into the deep end of the pool. So because I want to be that subject matter expert, I want to improve the industry because in my mind, rising tide lifts all ships. And I have the and personally and I know you feel the same way with your company. I feel like I have the biggest, baddest, fastest ship on the on the planet. Yep, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's the whole thing is if I can improve the industry for all of us, I know how well I play. That means I win. So. Going back, I think one of the big talking points that I'm raising at the next meeting is the perception of the industry. How do we improve it? Uh, uh, and that's easier said than done. There's a lot of, you know, kind of really uh, uh, deep thought, deep feelings. And, and so much of it ties back to like what politically, what political party are you on? What's your affiliation on that front? That's going to drive some decision making. But the reality is temporary staffing firms, staffing firms help people find great work. Let's emphasize that point. Let's focus on the positive. And try to dispel any of these rumors that are really untrue and we're yeah. seeing legislation trying to you know impact what we're able to do but we also need to self-police our industry as oh, well yeah. because it, we there are companies that yeah yeah I, I know where you're going man yeah we have to be willing to say hey that's not how we do it in our industry and 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 we typically try to stay in these silos like my company enforce we want to just do our work but we really need to work together and help each other like you know are you doing this and i i really have pride myself in knowing most of the owners in this east tennessee region and just you know we're you know we're supporting each other we're you know hey you're okay it's because we're all gonna go through ups and downs yeah and the, and the thing is i mean you see those headlines you know misclassification on employees. You've got tax issues that are constantly coming up. You've got uh, work compensate, workers' compensation, like misclass on codes. I mean, all these different things that come into play. But I think a quick, rapid uh, push to address those issues, uh, a stance, is, and that goes back to ASA membership, you know, ASA Code of Ethics, ASA membership really drives this focus and this fact that we want to operate the best uh, means possible, the best way possible, the most ethical way possible there's always going to be bad actors in every industry. And, and hopefully those are the ones that are kind of shunned and like, listen, this is not representative of the industry. This is one bad player. So I would really like to see ASA really focus in on uh, industry-wide training, not necessarily from a, a, a revenue standpoint, but a standard standpoint of if you're going to be a member and you want to have that badge on your website or on your door, then your staff needs to be certified 
Yeah. And it's funny you're saying this because I, and I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this or not. <laughs> Actually, just, just stand by because okay. there's, there's these credentialings that are coming out soon and they are pretty intense, almost like, uh, you know, kind of master degree level classes in certain aspects of the business. Well, I mean, but it's, it's a, because I know people that are ASA members, but they, they're, they're, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But yeah, I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. There has to be a standard code that we all live by and trust each other by that we're all going to play nice in the sandbox and not stab each other in the back. Exactly. You know, me and you have a relationship here in Knoxville. We don't necessarily compete, but we know who each other is and we, we go to lunch together. Oh, yeah. We, we yeah. talk, we don't talk about shop necessarily, but I mean, if you were doing something crazy, I'd say, Hey, Jax, what are you doing? Yeah. And you do it and man, I just found out this way you can pick up massive cash flow, yeah. whatever, you yeah. know, you'd be like, Hey man, hold up, hold well, on a second. Yeah. 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 But you know, I think that's what I envision. And I love the fact that they say it's on, on board with that and they're trying to push those things. And so again, this is not ASA advertising. I'm just saying, have an organization you call SIA, ASA. There's these are beautiful yeah, groups. Another that, big one. Yeah, they're all there to help band people yeah. together. And and I'll tell you what we're even talking about the networking side of it. To me, that's that's where the money is. And if you really are willing and, and really interested in building a long term sustainable business and not like flash in the pan, because yeah. those are the people that are doing those kind of nefarious things. That's more flash in the pan. I'm going to make yeah. as much money. Chasing the dollar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Well, it's it's it's. It's great. So when you when you look at your organization and five years down the road, what are things that excite you about at work, about what you're doing that move the needle? Yeah. So, uh, you know, honestly, the, the cool thing about at work, not only, you know, I always go back to, man, it's, it's awesome to be able to hit a community, help people find work. You know, I can give you that. Uh, that's everybody in staffing gets to do that. Yeah, um, one of the unique things that we get to do is we're introducing people who, you know, really sharp folks that that, you know, want to do something new. They want to experience a new industry. We're helping them enter our industry. We kind of share our excitement for it and our passion for it, help them get into it. And then you see them find success. And it's like, man, they are successful. I mean, we've made multiple millionaires. We've got multiple people who have opened huge operations, built huge operations who didn't have any, you know, had none of that before. And it's yeah. like, man, we helped them accomplish that. It's pretty awesome to be able to say that we've been able to impact that many people's lives in that real way. Um, so that's cool. And, and, you know, we continue to expand, you know, our, our focus is, is growth. We're, we're growing uh, at, a, at a rapid, rapid pace. Um, we're really pushing, we're doubling down in that franchise owner growth, that recruiting process. We're looking at it a little bit differently. We're looking at it like like a direct hire job order, man. We're yeah. looking at like it's a uh, it's an order for a franchise owner. How would we search? How would we do it if we were a recruiter? Yeah. So taking that approach has been interesting uh, and it's opened up some doors for us to, uh, you know, attack it in, a, in novel ways. So I'm I'm excited to see. I'm optimistic that we're going to see some really you know huge results from it. But it's brand new. I mean, we're just starting this year with it. So, well, it's exciting always to hear from you and to for those of you that don't know, Jason, you are a person that says, hey, call me if you need anything. Oh, yeah. I've always loved that. And and if you haven't had a chance to talk to Jason, I would shoot him an email. It's 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 great. But all right. So I usually end my little interviews with fun things like, OK, if you're streaming a movie or a TV show, what are you watching? All right, man, I, I am. I, I, I mentioned this earlier to you and you, and you know me enough to know I'm, I'm a super nerd, man. I, I love uh science fiction and fantasy and things of that sort. So really two things I was, I was so pumped when I take, I got kids, you know, 
So we, you know, we watched the new Spider-Man movie, the the new Ant-Man movie, just awesome, awesome. I love the Marvel stuff. But uh, I'll tell you, Foundation, a series on Apple TV, they just released their second Isaac Asimov. Uh, it's his book converted to a, a series. Second, oh. second uh, season just dropped, and then Silo on Apple TV, which is one of our one of my favorite authors, a guy named Hugh Howey. Uh, which, by the way, random interesting fact, our graphic designer who does a lot of ad works, who did the Shield logo and so many other things, is actually the illustrator for all of these uh, Hugh Howey books. So super, super ah. cool. Yeah, he does phenomenal work, but uh, he does the boring corporate stuff too. But uh, oh. he, he's a cool guy and, and a Knoxville guy who's, who's now moved back home to uh, New Zealand, but, but been in Knoxville forever. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, last thing that I'm streaming, uh, on, I'm a YouTube guy. Is uh, is chess? I'm a huge chess fan, and watching the uh, the Bullet Chess Championship. It's like it's like literally watching sports for me. It's <laughs> chess. Are you? Yeah, I mean, go ball season ticket holder for a football game, and I'm streaming chess in the off season. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a tidbit. I, I didn't I didn't put two and two together. All yeah, that. man. Yep, yep. So again, told well, you. I warned you. I was a nerd, man. So. <laughs> that's all right. I mean, it's okay. But again, thank you so much for you know being in the hot seat for staffing stories, and uh, we love always talking to guests like yourself. And, and but it's good that you encourage you know our up and coming leaders in the recruiting and staffing industry. Absolutely, man. If you're interested, do it. It's a phenomenal yeah. industry. And thank you so much for having me. Excited to share my story and a little bit about uh, my interests. So. All right. So this is where we start Rocky Top. Let's this do it. I, I wish I had it queued up. Uh, well, yeah, I, I don't have the Rocky Top button, but <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. piss everybody off really quick. Yeah. But hey, thanks a lot for being part of us. And, and good luck. Absolutely, Andy. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for tuning into the episode. Staffing Stories is brought to you by 3DIQ. We are the future of staffing sales. Our solutions are designed to supercharge your sales and 3X placements, all without ever leaving Bullhorn. Direct market, deliver talent, and drive sales with our all-in-one tool designed for the modern recruiter. Visit 3DIQ.com backslash stories to learn more. Find Staffing Stories on LinkedIn, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts.